Alright, welcome back. Um, yeah, you're listening to the Jacko Media Podcast on Spotify, Spotify for Podcasters, which is formerly known as Anchor. Yes, Anchor. Um, we're also on Apple Podcasts, so you can check us, you can check us out anywhere on those platforms. And yeah, so kind of again, the thing we have not a lot to talk about, but also a lot to talk about, so the first thing being an interesting stat that I found, which was five hat tricks in one day for the first time since March 18th, 1989, which is obviously a big deal. So you haven't had this happen in over 30 years. I don't know what to say. It's interesting specifically because not every day you have multiple hat tricks, let alone five. I'm just wondering now. Um, I'm wondering now what. I'm trying to get a thought here. I'm wondering now, like, what the number of hat tricks in one day is, like, the record. If there's been more than, like, ten. Which, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? So, yeah, um, neat little stat I thought I'd throw in there. And just kind of moving on, we have the NHL headed to Australia, which is likely going to be an Arizona Coyotes versus LA Kings game. I saw some people saying that these are not teams you want to market in that sort of area, but I think it should be where Sean Walker is playing. I think Sean Walker is the... Um, the only Australian-born player. So, I'm actually going to look that up now. Very quickly. Okay, uh, thank you for kind of waiting there for a bit. So, it's actually Nathan Walker, who is the only uh, only NHL player that is born in Australia. So, that's going to be interesting for a place in the world where there's not a lot of hockey uh, widely available. So, I just thought that was neat that they're going to try and expand to Australia, have a game there, and market out there. So, yeah. Um, otherwise, it's going to be an interesting thing. I think Nathan Walker is in the AHL right now. If not, he would be in like St. Louis or something. That's my guess, at least. Um, moving on, we have the NHL Three Stars of the Week. And all of these I can agree on because they are they had big weeks. You have Andre Vasilevsky, who went three zero and zero, with three wins, no losses, two shutouts, a .990 save percentage, stomping ninety nine out of one hundred shots that he faced this like this past week, which is an incredible stat, all things considering Tampa Bay's gearing up for the playoffs. And I'll get into the injury update later, uh, near the end of the episode, but yeah, it's not looking too great for teams at this end of the season, especially playoff teams, but more or less just teams in general, because you don't want your guys getting hurt. Um, Your second star is from the Edmonton Oilers, Leon Dreisaitl, who played four games this week, had five goals, three assists, and eight points. He has a season total of 50 goals, 70 assists, and 120 points. This is his career high. I think his career high for goals is 51, 
if I'm not mistaken. So he's going to be coming up on that. They have six or seven games left, I believe, on the season. His career high for goal or assists might actually be whatever he gets this season. And obviously the points. Before this, I think it was 115 points that he had as a career high, or 110. Man, I should have these written down, but it's okay. Um, third, in third place, you have from the Boston Bruins, David Pasternak, who has five goals, and most notably a hat-trick on Saturday versus Pittsburgh. This is Pasternak, his career high, and counting every single goal he scores this year. He's got a total of 56 goals this year. And he's in second place behind Edmonton's Connor McDavid, who has 62 goals so far. So, Dreisaitl and McDavid have scored 112 goals combined, which is nuts to think about. But it's also it is what it is. Like you have two of the you have two top three players in the league right now. Some would argue that. Dreisaitl isn't top three, but it's pretty easy to put him up there. So, um, oh, yeah. Alright, so I have the standings pulled up. Thank you for just being a little bit more patient with me. Um, some of the things that I just want to point out is tonight that we have Minnesota and Dallas being able to clinch, which will go from three teams in the West to five teams potentially. I just, yeah. Um, the West is not as locked down in terms of teams. Whereas in the East, you have six playoff spots already taken. You have a President's Trophy winner. And yeah, um, there's more teams eliminated from the playoffs in the East or in the West than the East. But we have a battle for the second wildcard spot in Winnipeg and Calgary. If you follow me on Twitter, Jacko underscore media, you can see kind of the real-time reactions that I have to things and kind of just how things are going down within the hockey world and what I'm witnessing and how I'm interacting with people. So I encourage you to go follow me there. Um, yeah. Another thing is the Bruins became the fourth team ever to reach 60 wins with their 4-3 win against Pittsburgh or their shootout win. One of the two. There's been so much going on uh, lately that it's just a not hard to track, but it, they're, they're, it's a lot to track, but also not at the same time. So, um, With the standings kind of just where it is, we have in the Atlantic, you have Boston, Toronto, Tampa being the obvious teams that were going to make it. In the Metro, you have Carolina, New Jersey, and New York, the other <laughs> obvious teams. And the wildcard spot, it's a toss-up right now in the East. I don't want to say for sure who I think will make it, because I'm not quite sure. Whereas in the, East, or in the West, you have just Vegas, LA, and Edmonton who have clinched so far. And Minnesota, Colorado, and Dallas will be the other three teams, but that is also to be determined, I guess. With your wildcard teams, you have Seattle, who's going to take wildcard one, unless something unforeseen happens to Seattle. I don't, I don't see Seattle not be uh, being in a playoff spot where we stand right now. 
but you have Winnipeg and Calgary fighting for the second wildcard spot in the West. And my my most recent episode, I kind of, not complained, but I kind of had a bit of a rant about the state of the Jets and their reluctancy to rebuild, because they are being reluctant, and it's it sucks as a Jets fan, somebody who's uh, grown up in this province, seen, like, I was nine when they came back. They've been back for over ten years. And it's appalling to see the reluctancy for them to try and get competitive faster because they have that diehard fan base. I'm not going to get into the rant because I already had a rant about it and I think I just I see the state of the team and I'm concerned as a fan and as a hockey fan, but every team needs to have their down years, I guess. Um, I posted last night about Anaheim if they would have retooled a, li- a little bit better they would be more competitive now instead of in a rebuild, but they might have also looked at, hey, there's Connor Bedard. Might as well get him. So, who knows. Um, speaking of the standings, we have a playoff matchup for sure locked in, which is going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And last year, it was a nail-biter. It was really interesting to watch. And I think going into the playoffs with the way that uh, things are. Toronto might actually get out of the first round this year. They might get the monkey off their back this year, like how Colorado did it last year. When Colorado beat, or not beat, when Colorado got out of the second round last year, they like there was no stopping them. They were going to get it. It was their cup to win, and they deserved it. I think if Toronto gets out of the first round this year, the challenge is keeping yourself not preserved, but ready to go for a a cup run. Because playoffs are hard-hitting. They're an inexperienced team as a whole. They have guys who have the experience. They just don't have the... They don't have the coaching experience that they need for a long run. Long run, but... I don't think entirely that as an NHL team you need a coach with that experience. You need the coach who's stubborn and just set in his ways. And speaking of coaches, Sheldon Keefe, who's the Leafs head coach, he was a little bit upset about the the state of the roughing in the Detroit game. Bunting gets cross-checked and he gets called for interference and offsetting minor. He gets cross-checked that's called but he gets called for interference and then I think later in the game or maybe later in the same play there was a scrum that happened and Bunting was given a game misconduct for being pushed go look at the clip it's the refing the state of the refing is awful this year and Keith says Kyle Dubas their GM will talk to the league on the ongoing issue with the refing um I remember at the start of the season, I think this might have been around preseason this year, where Keefe mentioned that like uh, Michael Bunting cannot talk to the refs, pretty much. He's an agitator. The Leafs have their agitator. And with two weeks left in the regular season, or less than two weeks left, pardon me, I 
it's either going to be something that gets a little bit worse or a, a little bit better. I think, if I remember correctly, the last playoff series against Tampa Bay, the uh, I think the penalties called were roughly even. Toronto just got more tripping calls to inflate the calls that they took. Like there was more, uh, more tripping and more roughing by a wide margin. So it's gonna be interesting. Uh, it's gonna be interesting where things go. And I think, I think that's just <laughs> kind of how they have to handle it and work around the refs because it's not gonna get better immediately. And I think uh, Dubas and Keith know it. But if it can get a little bit better, then. Yeah. Anyways. Okay, so I was going to do an entry update, and then I took a look. I counted the amount of updates since April 1st. And there has been 47 players with some sort of, like, injury update within the league. And that's enough to uh, almost max out your contract, uh, contract maximum in this league. And uh, just speaking of injuries and Leafs, Matt Murray, a uh, guy, I can't remember who, but they lost an edge and wiped out into Murray. And so you can argue that it was incidental contact, yada, 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 who knows? I think the most important thing to really point out is if it's goaltender interference, it would have been called. Murray was unfortunately hurt on the play, and I want to base kind of these comments around where Leafs fans are at. I understand the fans are frustrated. There's two weeks until the playoffs start, and it's a long season. Your guys get hurt. Some guys have nagging injuries from years past and whatnot. It is what it is. But to say that... Why would Dubas get him? He's so unreliable. Yeah, this, this, and this. You have to remember that Ottawa dumped that contract and Dubas took a chance. Dubas got free picks for him, didn't give up anything. So it's not like the end of the world if you dump him for the less than what you got him for. It would be sad to see Murray go and not revive his career. So I'm hoping that it's not a serious injury. It doesn't look terribly serious. I know they tested him for a concussion and you just gotta hope for the best and just hold out to, or hold out as a fan because you don't wanna see you guys get hurt in any sport really. So um, it sucks, 47 guys, either illness, personal, um, yeah, injury, illness, personal, 47 guys um, just put up, got put on injured list or LTIR. A lot of guys out for the season, which is unfortunate. Because I remember uh, McAvoy and Marshan got their injuries not around this time, but in the playoffs. And they were out for a significant part of the season. It was a lot less. They came back in like November not mistaken. And finally, I want to move on and talk about the QMJHL banning of fighting. 
I was asked in an email when I was going to cover this, and I wanted to see a lot of the initial reactions that other people had. I wanted to see where we were going to go as a community within hockey and within sports. Mark Mathot is one of the guys who put it all out there. Luke Gastic was a guy who put it all out there. Um, Sean Avery, more of an agitator, he still put it all out there. These guys who made their careers fighting, they made it known. Um, they kind of allowed themselves to be heard and just not made themselves vulnerable, but they had it to where the fans knew where they were coming from and how they made their living and how they got into the NHL. You could argue that it doesn't have its place, but um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with two things here. The first is I it has its place. It's got a code. The second thing is when it's unnecessary after clean check, it's unnecessary doesn't belong there you can go on both hands you can play either side but just hear me out if you ban fighting in a sport that is more physical than every other sport or all the other major sports you're going to see guys like McDavid, Pasternak, Matthews, uh, Dubois all the top guys in the league get run a little bit more and that is because there's going to be nothing to police it and if you're going to suspend them you're going to see guys get run and just take the suspensions if they got a scrap after it but uh fighting's been down a significant amount in the last few years and if it's just used for a policing method okay fair enough the entertainment value of it it's also it's also entertaining but there's if it's less staged and just more off of policing the game keep it the QMJHL is committing just, they're committing like commissioned suicide pretty much. I hate to put it that way, but not everybody's going to watch the QMJHL for hockey. It might be a rougher game where it's a rivalry and the kids know it and they make their, they make their names known because they, they fight during these rivalries and that's how they get scouted. Some guys actually come into the league who were more fighters and junior, and then they're actually decently skilled when they make it to the big league. And I I don't fully agree with the decision to ban fighting. There's guys who made their careers on it, being a little bit more physical in play, whether it's sticking up for their teammates or just having to go with other guys because that's what they knew they could do best and that's how they could make a career out of what they're doing. Uh, Ty Domi's an example that I can think of right off the top of my head. And I ultimately don't agree with the uh, decision even though I'm on the fence. But if it's to police the game, keep it. If you're getting rid of it, solely get rid of it, then... Walk along I honestly think there's no use that you're going to have more guys get run. And I want to end around here. I want to thank the Jansen boys for allowing me to All use their music. You hear one for the road. For the road. Uh, you can check them out on Spotify. I'll How post their links below. 
yeah, thank you for listening, and I will see you next time. Sky makes us old.